Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, topics, loaded like offense, Colts Century. Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host Matt Danley, thank you guys for coming back to the show. Uh, first off, uh, apologies for not getting the trender trap up, did get it recorded, there was something that <clears throat> screwed up with the recording for somehow, um, apparently my technical issues uh, are not stopping anytime soon, but I apologize for getting that done. And uh, I had Chris Blystone on to do that with me and apologize for, you know, wasting 25 minutes of his time in order to get that segment up, but it just didn't come out right and it was all scratchy and stuff. So uh, we'll do that again this week, uh, pending any more ridiculousness from on my end here with uh, with the technical stuff, but uh, we'll try to get that squashed and, and get all these up because love to get you guys at least two shows a week. And it was a fun, it was a fun segment to do. And uh, I think that it, you know, without going back and discussing everything that we talked about, it was, uh, you know, for the most part, it, it was a really interesting and, and fun one to do. So, uh, Colts end up taking an L on the road in Cleveland, uh, 32, 23 to the Browns. Um, just an in, in initial first look, you know, you think about a lot of the mistakes and stuff offensively, uh, especially that, that came out of that one and was real aggravating. And it feels like this is kind of what we're headed for um, throughout the season. And, and, you know, for lack of better uh, reasons to have someone else to blame, I think that it's Phil, on Philip Rivers' shoulders. Now we can say, no, it wasn't all on Philip. But you know what? Last, you know, this this game, it, it kind of was. And, 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 and week one kind of was, you know. So as much as uh, we all – you know, not all of us, I guess most of us would say that Rivers is an upgrade over last year. He definitely is, but there are definite limitations to what he can do uh, when he is mistake prone like that. Not to mention at the end of the game, you know, you just don't feel like there's enough of a threat um, for for the Colts to just continue to come back and come back. You know, uh, the Colts, you know, through special teams, an excellent defensive game overall it really was, even though the score in the first half wouldn't suggest that in terms of how much the Browns put on the board, the Colts did a pretty damn good job defensively overall. There were some wide open shots granted, but there was a lot of contested balls that the Browns somehow came away with. So, I mean, we can't just look at the score, look at the yardage and all that and just say, God, the defense sucked in the first half. Cause that really wasn't the case. Colts defense was amazing on the ground in the first half. They were pretty damn good in the second half. A couple big plays really changed that. I mean, I think the Browns ended up with over 130 yards rushing. Let me double check that. Uh, 124 yards rushing. 
and a, a large part of that was a 28 jaunt from Johnson. Um, Hunt had, you know, several eight, nine, uh, 10 yard carries and Mayfield, even, you know, he had 20 or 17 yards, um, just from scrambling. So, uh, the rushing is a little float or a little inflated, but at the same time, you know, the Colts gave up a little more than they, than they had to. Plus the Browns were able to run the ball, uh, because they had a, a pretty commanding lead at one point of, uh, I believe it was at 17 points at, at one moment. So, this is a hard one to take because I felt like this was a real challenge for the Colts, and I felt like the Colts' defense played well enough to win. I think we heard Rivers say that yesterday, even post game. Um, I felt like I, I kind of am worried a little bit listening to Frank Reich, and I'll have to listen to it again. But I feel like there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, I feel like he's making a lot of excuses for for some of the play now. He didn't. He said that he didn't rewatch the tape. Obviously, this is immediately post game. But at the same time, I just feel like he's. He, I don't know if he's being realistic with a lot of what he's saying with where their issues lie, you know. So they're, they're issues. They're real issues. It's going to plague the Colts for the year. These look to be uh, situations that the Colts are going to really have to try hard to come out of, and we'll see if they can. Um, I think Taylor had a nice game. Uh, he, he, he didn't blow it away. I mean, he had 57 yards on 12 carries, which is almost a five yard per carry, uh, average in general, pretty good. You know, it would have been nice to been able to feed him. The Colts ran the ball only 18 times and Hines had three of those. I mean, Doolin Wilkins and rivers who, if you want to call that a rush, uh, for negative one yards, that that's not really a rush to me, but there, there really wasn't much of a a rushing attack for the Colts overall because of the way that the game kind of dictated it. Uh, Hilton was more involved, felt like it was forced a little bit because it was after the team had really no choice but to catch up through the air. They just didn't. Um, the Browns made some insane contested catches. I mentioned that a little bit earlier. Uh, Beckham and Landry, some really – I mean, Beckham was totally lucky because he didn't catch that ball. The ball, he brought it down. It came out. It bounced on his arm, and, and he ended up pulling it in. So calling that a catch is is pretty generous, in my opinion. But at the same time, those two made some pretty big plays uh, as well for for the Browns, especially when you look at the fact that they both had uh, at least four catches. Uh, Landry had 88 yards. Beckham had 58. They did keep him out of the end zone, but Higgins was a pain in the ass too. Um, he only had three catches, but – he had a touchdown and it seemed like he was kind of their go-to for a while and be honest with you I feel like he had about five catches maybe it was only three like the stat sheet says I just it it, it felt like more because they hit him if it was they hit him all three times right like bing bang boom and and he was difficult and the Colts really had to figure out a way to devise their defense to take away all the options because the Browns have some options I mean this is one of their better teams in a long time and uh, this is kind of what they'd hoped to build, you know, when bringing in Beckham and, and Landry and so on and so forth over the years. Um, I think that the Colts' defense was phenomenal in the second half, you know, picking off uh, Mayfield a couple times. They really did continue to do a pretty good job against the run. Uh, the front four were getting pressure throughout the game. You know, it's really hard to listen to Spiro and Adam Archuleta, you know, just go back and forth, mainly because you feel – like you don't really know if they even know what they're. I mean, Archuleta played in the league, you know. So, but you feel like he doesn't know what he's talking about. They kept saying that the Colts weren't getting any pressure. The Colts were getting pressure. Mayfield 
was doing a really good job at escaping and making plays. If he wasn't throwing the ball away, he was hitting guys downfield or he was using his feet to pick up some yardage or at least to get back to a, to an even playing field. And I, I thought that the Colts was no, – I thought it was noticeable that the Colts were getting pressure. The second half was a little more effective in that the Colts were getting home. But I'm not, I'm not pissing on the Colts' front seven right now. I mean, the Colts didn't have Darius Leonard in there. You know, Bobby Okariki was fantastic uh, last night. Him, Yasin, Walker all played really well. Okariki led the team in tackles. And, uh, you know, those two were right behind him, actually, uh, in in the tackle department in terms of how many they accrued through the game. All three of them had passes defense. Walker even had two. You know, I, I Franklin played really well. Zaire Franklin had a good game. Autry was noticeable, had a tackle for loss as well. Um, I, I just thought that the defense played really, really good yesterday and definitely played well enough to win. I mean, you take the pick six off the board for the Browns and there's 25 points. The Colts weren't terrible in terms of how they played defensively in the red zone, but they weren't, I mean, two of four for the Browns with all their weapons, in my opinion, is pretty good. You know, uh, in, in, in Congru with in Congress with the the way that the Colts played one of four, and do the are the Colts down some some weapons? Yeah, they're down some weapons, but they've got enough. They've got enough, I think, right now. Isaiah Rogers' kick return was really impressive. Uh, very very different kind of a return than you'll see with Hines or uh, even Doolin back there. You know, you you he, he seems very uh, patient in his run. That's good. But in the NFL as well, a lot of times you're getting drilled by guys because they're just coming in hot torpedoes. And if you're too patient, you may have a hole, but it closes so quick. Uh, I was really glad to see Isaiah Rogers be able to run that back because it couldn't have come at a better time. Um, Rivers interceptions were just killers. I mean, the safety, the pick six, especially those were those are that's nine points between those two. I thought that the you know. It, Rivers talked about the safety and how he thought he, you know, maybe I could have stepped up a little bit to give another half second or a second to to Doyle to to break that route off toward the sideline. But Doyle was, I mean, that was a it was a bad throw or it was a really bad route. And I ha- tend to think it was more of a bad throw because I just don't think that Rivers could push it down the field um, kind of on his back foot like that. So I don't think it was necessarily an issue with arm strength. Um but in, he wasn't able to get his footwork right to be able to get that ball as deep as, as Doyle was running that route. So there, there really wasn't a, a lot of blame to go on with that. It just Things just happened too fast. And even Frank Reich discussed that, like saying, um, you know, it wasn't due to a mistake that they got the pressure. It was due to the fact that the way that the play was read and it was read accurately, it was just a simple fact that, the you know, the, the it was just there was just pressure was one on one on one situations. You know, uh, Garrett just, you know, he just won his one on one matchup, and he got in Rivers' face immediately. So you hate seeing that happen. Uh, Reich said he may have thought he was a little too aggressive with that play call. I tend to like that about him, and that's okay. But that you know that safety couldn't have come at a worse time. The Colts really needed to just kind of march down the field, and instead, uh, on the first play, they're you know, giving up two points and the ball. So, I mean, that's that's not a good combination when you're when you're looking from behind. Um, Burton was really heavily targeted. Doyle and Rivers just don't appear to to have the chemistry. I, I don't think at this point. I mean, hell, Mac. Well, Moali Cox. 
only had one target in the entire game, and he has been, you know, to put it lightly and softly, one of their superstars with with the weapons that have been erased by injury this year. One target for Mo Ali Cox, a guy who's had you know big plays, touchdowns all year. I don't know what's up with the Doyle thing because Rivers looks off target when he throws to Doyle. Um, the two don't seem to be in sync as well, and that's you know I I just don't understand how Burton, who who was on injured reserve for God's sakes the first three games, comes back and he's just the guy that that Rivers uh, has all this chemistry with. It just doesn't seem to make sense to me, um, and and I'm not sure that I look look. I think Burton had a good game yesterday too. Um, you know, last week they targeted him a lot. And it just wasn't just didn't look normal or, or fluid or, or or comfortable. But he, he did a good job, got some extra yards after the catch. Not not a lot, but some important yards after the catch. Um, Doyle just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he's fall, fallen off, if him and Rivers just don't have that chemistry or what it was. But one thing for sure, I, I mean, I kind of expected Doyle to not be as good this year. But one thing with, with Mo Ali Cox, they've got to get him involved. He's a playmaker for them. He's a big boy. He's a good blocker. He's a good hands catcher. They've got to they've got to get this thing rolling here, especially with their tight ends. It's becoming an issue. Um, I don't know if the Browns took Mo Ali Cox out of the game schematically either, but uh, definitely have to watch the rewatch the game to kind of see that. But it just didn't feel like he was even in the. It just didn't feel like he was in the game plan for the week. Uh, the Browns were ten of seventeen on third down. They were six of nine in the first half. That in those third downs are the ones where some of those crazy catches I now I can take take two or three of those away and the Colts are pretty good in on third down in the first half three or four of nine in the first half that's okay because I mean I I could handle that six of nine looks worse I just don't think that it necessarily was I think I don't think that's uh representative of how good the defense was actually playing at that moment uh the Colts were four of eleven on third down. Another big issue with the Colts offensively. They suck on third down. And it's becoming a, a real issue right now. Uh, the Colts were again only one of four in the red zone. They suck in the red zone. This can't continue. Those two things right there. Four of 11 on third down. One of four in the red zone. That's going to come back every single week if the Colts don't fix it. And it's going to be an issue. Against good teams, they're going to get beat. Against I say good teams, not, not even great teams. Good teams will beat them. Not even great teams will beat them because of those two specific areas on their own. Uh, the Colts did only have five penalties in this one. one only one netted a Browns first down. You like to see that. Um, some untimely penalties, but nothing that was back-breaking or, or killer, really, in my opinion. Um, was a push on the turnovers for the day, but the Colts' turnovers really hurt them. Uh, gaining momentum from the defensive play was so nice at the time. And then it just seems like Rivers just couldn't keep from screwing it up. You know, it was just one of those days. It's like, God, take – I almost, almost in their final drive, I re, I almost wanted them to throw Brissett in there because of his arm because I just didn't feel like Rivers in backed up as he was was as a much of a threat. And see, that's the thing. You get a guy like Brissett who can chuck the ball pretty damn far downfield. He just doesn't do it. When he's in there specifically for that purpose – Maybe I don't know. That sounds silly, but at the same time, I I, remem- I absolutely remember it going through my head. Um, Colts lost the rushing battle, sixty-eight to one twenty-four. Uh, the Browns' possessions. Now here's here's the thing. 
Uh, well, a thing, another thing. The Colts only had three possessions in the first half of nine, seven, and three plays. They were effective. Colts, again, put a touchdown on the board on their first possession, put a field goal on the board in their second possession. Don't, don't, don't do that in, on the third, but, you know, two out of the first three possessions, you're putting points on the board. You got to love that. Um, then the rest of their, you know, you look at the rest, they had two sustained drives in the second half, 10 and 12 plays. The rest of them were five, one, five, and two. That's not okay. The Colts have to be able, and, and look, I understand it's the NFL. You're not going to have sustained 10 play drives every single time you touch the ball, but they've got to be a little more efficient in that regard. I mean, you look at the Browns possessions in the first half, 10, 14, nine, and 12 plays. They got all of the plays in the first half. The second half, you see some of that offensive firepower start to drain off and some of those lucky plays or amazing plays that were being made on third down started to go away. The Browns 5, 8, 3, 6, and 8 in their second half possessions. So you see that the thing, the, the defense kind of continued to play hard, continued to make plays, uh, forced a couple interceptions, were actually getting solid hits on Mayfield uh, this go-round. And you like to see that. So I'm not pissy about the the first half play from the defense at all. I'm really not. You know, some will make a big deal about it. Or if there's a couple bad plays, they'll act like that was the entire thing. And it just wasn't. The Colts offense right now is struggling. You're, you, and I, we mentioned this at least last week, maybe a week before. But you're really seeing the loss of Mack, the loss of Paris Campbell. I mean, especially the loss of Anthony Costanzo there on at left tackle. You're seeing a a real struggle with the Colts being able to um, not only accumulate big plays, but to be able to threaten for them, I feel like. Because I feel like, it, yes, it's all underneath, and that's okay, because Rivers can put the ball deep, and he's pretty accurate when he does. The problem is, is when you get Rivers off of his footwork, his arm goes downhill quick. And anything outside the numbers is scary right now. Yesterday they asked, right, do you feel like Rivers can throw outside the numbers? Yes, Rivers can throw all over the field. No, he can't. Rivers can throw outside the numbers if his footwork's good. If his footwork's bad, it may as well be me throwing it left-handed outside the numbers. And that's not that's not an attempt to be funny. That's real. You see the balls. You see them come out of his hand. You see how they float. That's the truth. That's the truth. If anything about Rivers is what, should make us worried is not necessarily the pressure because he'll stand in he'll take the hits he'll deliver he's he's a maniac in there and 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 I love that about him the other part of that is if his footwork is down that play is probably not going to go well unless it's a five to eight yard throw with very little coverage I mean he almost threw another pick six inside of the red zone yesterday so things just aren't great right now for the Colts offense overall you like to see what the Colts are doing defensively. You see that they have some big playability in special teams. They've got some big playability still left on offense. It's just going to be very few and far between, it feels like, to, to see those kind of plays come to fruition. So uh, the Colts, you know, tried to come back in this one. Damn near did. It just didn't happen. It just didn't come through. And the Browns, you know, um, kind of like we talked about last week, or actually I think I talked about this on the on the second pod that didn't come through. Um, you know, I think that the Browns were probably just are the better team with injuries and, and everything included. Now the Browns had some big, 
names sitting on the bench yesterday too that, that couldn't play. And that's probably a good thing because it may have been worse. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we're going to come back with a little more in-depth stuff about uh, the scoring possessions and so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, try to trying to keep positive here about the Colts. Hopefully this next game um, that they that they've got against um, uh, the Bengals before the before the bye can kind of turn the way things are uh, are headed for the Colts right now because it looks like they're they're on a bit of a slope. So uh, we'll be right back uh, right after this. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor in chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. All right, folks, we're back. Um, looking at the scoring possessions here, uh, or the possessions in general, rather. Obviously, the Browns take their first possession, 10 plays, and uh, put up a field goal. Colts come back, bounce right back. Jonathan Taylor gets a four-yard touchdown on a really nice misdirection play inside the red zone. I was really impressed with that, um, and it totally took the Browns by by surprise. Colts go up 7-3, to three, everything looking good. Okay, Colts again, tough on their first drive. Again, Mayfield and this Browns team, they answer. And this was this is what we saw a lot. This was third and goal. Mayfield escapes pressure, hits Hunt in the back of the end zone. Brown go, Browns go up 10-7. to seven. Um, you, you saw a big stop on this possession from Julian Blackman on the perimeter, an excellent tackle on, on Hunt, and that forced a fourth and one. Mayfield hits Beckham for the first down play, and that kind of keeps things going. But you saw opportunities here, you know, and, and give the Browns offensive play calling credit. They, they, they are very much like Frank Reich in terms of feeling aggressive, and that's, that, that kept that drive moving. The Colts could have forced a punt right there, but maybe with another play caller it would have. Uh, Colts come back with the ball. Rivers gets hit trying to throw by Miles Garrett. Uh, ends up not allowing the Colts to continue their drive. Rivers hit Doolin on this one for 35 yards. Was a really good catch. 
Um, I don't know if that's Doolin's first catch of the year. I feel like I should know that, but I don't recall if that is. But it was a nice catch. It was a nice route. And if he stays on his feet and that thing's maybe a yard shorter of a pass, Doolin may may take that to the house. So ends up being a field goal, though. Colts and Browns are tied up at 10. Uh, the following possession for the Browns, there was a big stop by Autry on first down, hunting down the backside. Kind of looked like the Colts were going to get started. Mayfield hits Beckham and kind of erases that. Mayfield hit Beckham later on for a big chunk, and the Colts used their second challenge on that one, and it was finalized because you saw that the ball bounced off of Beckham's right arm and, and you know right ultimately right back into his chest. It almost looked like one of those uh, plays on Madden like on the replay. It was really weird the way that the ball bounced and kind of tumbled. Um, but it, either way, you know, it was a it was a big play for them, um, but it was a big issue for the Colts. Mayfield later on escapes some pressure and rushes for the first down. Two plays later, Mayfield hit Higgins for a touchdown. Browns are up 17-10. to 10. Colts get the ball back with 5.51 to go in the second. They have to punt three and out. Not a good sign. And then you get another field goal on the Browns following possession. Xavier Rhodes nearly picked off an Aaron Mayfield pass on this possession. And, and man, that would have changed everything. There were so many of those. See, these are things that we're not thinking about. You just look at the yards. You look at the score. And you don't see it. There was real plays here that the Colts had opportunity uh, to change things. And, and just some little things changed with all that. Um, you get a neutral zone infraction from Muhammad. Now it's third and one instead of third and six. Mayfield, uh, you know, was a little struggle bus, you know, on his next few attempts. And uh, the Browns end up getting a field goal on that. 20 to 10 at halftime is the uh, is the score. Yeah. You want the Colts to start coming out heavy or ready in the second half. Instead, you get some of this. Rivers throws a pick six, targeting Hilton along the boundary. Browns are up 27-10, just like that. And literally just like that, this game almost felt out of reach. Rodgers returns a kickoff. A nice, nice return. Really nice return. And I'm glad you like to see that he's got that extra boost when he gets in the open field. Um, did an excellent job reading his blocks, too. I think that the Colts probably love him back there for that reason. Um Browns are still up at this point, 27 to 17 now. Colts look like they're in, uh, you know, in, in on their way back. You get Muhammad getting a big sack on Mayfield, and then Mayfield gets picked off by Okariki. I mean, the dude had like a whatever you want a club on his on his hand uh, after his thumb surgery, and he came back and had a phenomenal game. Colts get the ball back, end up getting another field goal in the red zone instead of touchdown. Taylor gets about 10. Uh, a couple seven, eight, nine yard, ten run, uh, ten yard runs on this. On a third and one, Taylor picked it up with a two yard run. Doyle gets a holding call, and it kind of set the Colts back. Taylor gets some nine, uh, nine yard run, incomplete to Hines on third and seven. However, a few plays later, and Blankenship hits a thirty seven yard field goal. Colts are still within a touchdown. Colts force a punt on the following uh, possession here by the Browns. The bad part about that is that Hines called fair catch inside the five-yard line. Guess what happens next? Colts get a safety. We've talked about that earlier in the show. That put the Browns up 29-20. to 20. Doesn't help. Colts do force a punt. You feel like they're still in there again, but Rivers gets picked off on his next uh, possession, on the Colts' next possession, uh, with um, you know a little less than 14 minutes to go in the fourth. And then 
Walker picks off Mayfield. They started, you know, the Browns started giving the Colts some gifts here. It just this is what I mean. It just felt like the Colts didn't have that thing to say, okay, now we're getting some gifts. Now we're going to take advantage of it. The Colts just couldn't do it. Houston was getting some good pressure there. Then the Colts put together a nice extended drive. Rivers hit Johnson. He hits Burton a few times. Uh, looks to hit Hilton deep. That was a kind of a throwaway, like, you know, can you beat him? I'll throw it deep. You go get it. It was overthrown. Um, Burton was heavily targeted in this possession here. Blankenship ends up being the guy to bring the points for the Colts, though, uh, from a 25 yards out. Colts are down six with 250 to go in the game. Doesn't get any better for the Colts. Final possession for the Browns. Uh, Bruns basic or the Browns, excuse me, basically run the clock down inside and a big 28 yard run from Johnson was what really kind of really put the nail in the coffin there for the Colts. Um, Parkey ends up hitting the long field goal. Browns go up 32, 23, and that's all she wrote. Colts had a lot of opportunities, a lot of opportunities in this one. And to be perfectly honest with you, they should have taken advantage of several of them. And they're going to have to be a lot better than this at getting everything uh, in place. Uh, they're going to have to take advantage of the opportunities that the other teams give them. They're going to have to take advantage of their defense stepping up to play. And here's the thing. The defense can't be relied on every single week. I mean, the Colts are a top three, top five defense, right? I know we hear the top defense in the league, blah, blah, blah. The Colts are a top five defense, but they doesn't mean – that does not mean that the Colts are going to be perfect on defense every single week, nor should they be expected to be. This Colts offense has to come up with some wrinkles. It's going to take a lot of Frank Reich being you know, creative with his play calling. It's going to take Phillip Rivers being mistake-free. It's going to take this offensive line continuing to improve with their run blocking. Um you know, even pass blocking yesterday. You know, you want to say it was bad, but man, they just would feast Garrett. And Garrett's just a handful. And you've got a few other pieces in there that were getting some pressure as well. That pocket was getting thin. And when that's how important Costanzo is. He's not perfect either, but damn, he's good. And you, you just, you're not going to get that from the backup. You're just not. So, you know, one more week before the Colts uh, have their bye. And the Colts really need this win. You know, Cincinnati's a, you know, want to call them a, a, a dangerous team, you know. Pretty pretty decent, you know, rookie quarterback. The Colts should manhandle them, quite honestly, defensively especially. And you just hope that the Colts offensively can put enough points up, play better in the red zone, and do more on third down to continue to show that this team has what it takes to actually not just make the playoffs, but make a run, make a push, you know, to continue to play in the playoffs. So there's a lot of things. We've got a lot of football left to play in this 2020 season, and it's crazy. Um, but you know, we're, we're very hopeful for, for what we should be seeing out of the Colts. And, you know, quite honestly, a couple of these games, especially this week and in week one, were letdowns. So they've got to figure a way to eliminate that kind of stuff. Um, thank you guys all for listening. We'll talk to you again later on the week. We will get trender trap up for you. I promise you this week, it, it, I won't let it happen. We'll record it early in the week. Uh, which may leave for some things that uh, have happened through the week, but we'll have it up towards the end of the week for sure. Make sure I can get all the technical stuff worked out. So thank you guys for listening. I'll talk to you next time right here on the Colts cast.
Stampede Blue.